0: It's Wednesday, September thirtieth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Held. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Charlie Travers, and Bill Barker. Happy Wednesday. Hello. Happy hey. last day of September. Can I just say, good riddance, September. Get
1: out of here. Last day of the third quarter.
0: Last day of the third quarter. Last day of September, and uh, we'll we'll get to some retail stocks in a moment. But let's let, let's just start with that. That that we are wrapping up the third quarter. September not a great month for the market, and really this quarter you know unless charlie we get some kind of massive rally in the next few hours the market's going to end up down about 7% for the quarter um so i guess if we want to take the silver lining approach we can say okay well we got some some industries some stocks that are cheaper when you sort of look back over the last 3 months anything stand out to you in terms of I don't want to say stocks that are unfairly beaten down, but stocks that are beaten down to the point where they become more interesting.
2: I think one of the areas that is fairly beaten down, let's just go that way, is uh, some of the biotech stocks. If you go back to 2011, the NASDAQ biotech index is up about four or five-fold in five years at some point, that party's going to come to an end. It's like two in the morning, you're out of beer, decide to crack the wild turkey. Just not a good idea. That's the point we hit with the biotech index. Um, so, it is starting to come back down to reality with some of the higher quality names, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. But for a long time, those stocks were just way too expensive. Bill, what about you? Anything stand out? I'm not. I'm not pressuring you to come up with an image
0: as wonderful as the one Charlie just did, as, as the biotech index cracking open wild turkey at 2
1: a.m. Uh, well, I I think looking at what has been hit the worst over the last three months, and I'm looking at uh, some aggregations of of mutual funds in categories, and uh, energy, of course, was uh, had another tough three months, um, down 25 to 30 percent on average. Uh, Precious metals, uh, natural resources—all the components of things are are down a lot. Uh, Latin America down another twenty-five percent. Uh, China down twenty percent. Uh, so there's there's a lot that's down a lot, and the smaller it is, and the more growthy it is, uh, biotech qualifying um, in a lot of cases for that. So I, I think the air is being has been taken out to a degree. Uh, on the whole, you would still find U.S. stocks being uh, mildly uh, more pricey than than average over the last 25 years. The uh, last 25 years itself is a pretty high, um, you know, bar uh, for valuations. So that said, uh, they're they're pretty close to the average over the last 25 years. If you think that's a long enough period of time to give you some information on what the average valuation of stocks should be, then, then you're not too concerned. If you're looking out over 50, 75, 100 years, uh, valuations for most of that period of time before the last 25 years were more conservative. I think interest rates uh, go a long way toward explaining why uh, it makes sense for stocks to be more richly valued on on those kinds of metrics than uh, previously. But. You know, I don't think there's anything that looks like it's a steal right now.
0: All right, let's move on to some earnings from Costco. Fourth quarter profits solidly
2: above expectations, and
0: the stock is flat. Why?
2: What's going on here? This was a really good quarter for them. It is a really good quarter for Costco. And the, the company is at record profit margins, which I found interesting. Uh, record being 2% net margins, which is very thin. But when you sell a ton of items, it, it really adds up for Costco. Um, they've, they've hit this level of profitability a couple times in the past, but it, it never seems to stick for them. Uh, I think that goes to their corporate culture of wanting to give the best deal possible to their customers, and also they treat their employees very well. Um, so, so looking forward, I'm not sure we should expect this to continue because it hasn't in the past, but a, as you say, a really fantastic year for Costco uh, on top of like, Dozens of fantastic years ahead of this one. Um, Yeah, so I I, they haven't had the call yet as the time of we're taping this, um, but from the numbers in the press release, it looks great. One of the reports I saw online said, "Well, you know, profitability was really good, but they they were really hurt by the
0: strong U.S. dollar." Do they have a much bigger international presence than I imagine they do? I, I think of Costco as yes, they do have. Some international locations, but the the bulk in and again, obviously, I clearly have not looked at the numbers, but in to my memory, the bulk of their locations are here in the U.S. So yes, I can see where they would be hurt to some degree, but it's you know they're not a a business where oh yeah, three quarters of their locations are outside the U.S.
2: No, you're right, Chris. Uh, Over two thirds of their warehouses are in the U.S. and their biggest foreign market is Canada. With 90 out of their 680 stores, uh, so anywhere else like Mexico, UK, Japan is really small. You know, it's not like oh, 40 percent of our sales are China or something like that.
1: But it's it's growing. Uh, you know, there for the last uh, um, actually, I'm looking at the. 2014 numbers, unfortunately, and and it was 14 billion in sales there for other international Canada 17 to 18 billion uh, and US 80. So you know US is about two thirds as Charlie says, uh, but the faster growing portion is international. And when you're comparing this year to last year, if your fastest growing segment is seeing to, uh, some currency problems, then that that does weigh on things a little bit. Currency problems will come and go. It's not overly uh, exposed to some of the more dangerous currencies out there. Uh, Canada, actually, you know, given the decline, as we mentioned already, in commodities, that is going to uh, be a problem for Canada. I'd, I'd rather be here than Canada over the next 12 months, if you're just trying to look growth well, sure, rates. Well, sure, winter's coming. Of course you'd rather be here <laughs> than Canada. I said 12 months. Okay. It's a, wait, it's not actually a 12-month winter in Canada, is it?
0: I bet there are parts of. We need to, let's where, get somebody on this. You know what? Gillies is going to be in town in, in a couple of weeks, so we can we really? can ask him. Yeah,
1: he he would know. I don't know who else would know.
0: Well, I mean, he's our he's our expert. He's our Canada expert. We we let him into this country to you know not only opine on on stocks, but also
1: to educate us on manners
0: <laughs> and just Canada in general so, civility. Yeah, all those all those things. Um, Easily, the most interesting story today is what's happening in the apparel retail industry with Ralph Lauren and Gap. Uh, Ralph Lauren, the man, uh, is stepping aside as CEO. He is 75 years old. He's still staying on as chair of the company and chief creative officer. And shares are up 12 13%. I like to think that that's not entirely because oh he's you know sometimes we see a CEO is leaving and the stock pops a little bit and it's like because that CEO did a bad job I like to think that it's you're in,
2: dying to say Microsoft there aren't you
0: I actually wasn't oh, I, I okay. wasn't thinking of Microsoft <laughs> although yeah I mean that was that was one that came to yeah sure I mean Bomber when Balmer left and you know what that's warranted if you look at the run that com- that company and that stock has had since uh, Nadella took over yeah that's completely warranted yeah. Um, uh, but it's the fact that uh, Stefan Larson is going to be the new CEO, uh, and for the last few years, he has been the president of Old Navy. And We were talking before we started taping, you look at the reaction of the stocks. Ralph Lauren up around 13%, Gap down around 7%. Is this guy that good? Uh, we're going to find out. Because that's out. how yeah. Wall Street is yeah. reacting,
2: that Stefan Larson is that good. Yeah. Um, you know, credit to Ralph Lauren, um, the 20 years he was CEO, the stock has crushed the SP 500. Uh, you know, so job well done. He is going out uh, over the totality of his work on a high note. Um, but the reality is, over the past you know three or four years, um, the business hasn't done necessarily as well as some of its fashion peers. Uh, the company's margins have been sliding, uh, and the comps have been a little weak. There is some some currency drags there, but um, you know all in all, I think time for a change maybe was in order, uh, and I, I, th- I think that's part of the reaction you're seeing on the stock today. Um, you know the stock before today's big pop was down about 40 percent from its high. For the year, uh, so that's a pretty big drop. Um, you know, coming over from Old Navy, uh, pretty good track record over. You know, the last two or three years, this has been really the growth engine of the company for the Gap, uh, relative to uh, Banana Republic. Um, there and are more. The gap. There so, are more
0: Old Navy locations than there are
2: Gap right, locations. Yeah, Do and they it, just need to like rebrand the company now? You do wonder that, and you know, just quarter after quarter, Old Navy was the part of the company comping positive, uh, and so to watch the head of that go away and come to uh, Ralph Lauren, I think, is a little concerning to Gap shareholders.
1: I I think that uh, you got to take as Charlie points out the the movement today in context with a stock down forty three percent for the year going into today, uh, some change of, of any sort. May gain uh, some eyeballs and people thinking, and almost any change would be good. And you can take the totality of of Ralph Lauren's job uh, as CEO and and credit him for that. Um, But it's not one that the market has been crediting him uh, anyway. uh, Going into going today, I mean, the the stock really has been hit hard this year, and this is. Uh, a point where maybe there's a willingness to try something new and uh i'm I'm sure that in fashion uh that often uh does work out in the short term um you know, with people who have some uh success and experience able to come in with new eyes and see uh what can be changed, and that's what the market is hoping for today
0: it's really pretty incredible i mean when when I first saw the story uh, Ralph Lauren is one of those stocks that really isn't on my radar at all, so I wasn't even aware that the man was still CEO, and I just thought, well, wait a minute, how old is he? He's got to be getting up there. So, I don't know. I feel like even even accounting for the rough run that the stock has had over the last year, I have to believe that you know, as you said, Charlie, given uh, Loren's track record, the fact that he's still involved on the creative side, he's still involved with the board he obviously knows the history of the company better than anyone. If if Larson is a good operator, and I have to believe that's at least part of why he's got this new job, because I don't think you, you put up good numbers at Old Navy unless you're really good at managing your inventory and the basic day-to-day logistics of running a retailer like that. I don't know. This, this could end up being a pretty nice
2: combination for Ralph Lauren. Uh, that's certainly the market's call at this point. Um Prior to his period at Old Navy, Stefan Larson did spend 15 years at H and M, which is a fantastically successful retailer. Um, One one question mark in my head though is you know H and M is more lower price point. You know they do want a a fashionable kind of edge on them, but it is definitely a completely different price point than a Ralph Lauren as is Old Navy. And how well does that experience selling those kinds of items to uh, what is essentially a different customer base going to translate to Ralph Lauren? Is something to watch over time. I like it. H and M, love it. That's just, I mean, I I spend
0: about five minutes every year thinking about clothing, and H and M is just like a, a really easy place to just walk in. It's like, oh, okay, I these shirts fit me. Boom, I can just go in there. Strategic, you know, a surgical strike. Just go in, get a couple of shirts. Stri- boom, I'm done.
1: That's that's my go-to. What about you? Uh, wow, I mean, I, it's been a few years since I've spent five minutes on, on <laughs> my wardrobe. As as most people who have ever seen me know, I am um, the worst dressed man in North America. And uh,
2: you're not even the
0: worst dressed man in our own office. I was going to say, yeah. Have you looked around our office? There, there are some pretty shabbily breast, uh, really? dressed dudes I've right here. I've been trying hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know if, if, if you've uh, run into this the way I have um, because, um, like me, you, you have a teenage daughter. And so now I've, I've basically relied on her the last couple of years. Where it's just like you tell me what to buy, and uh, and I'm just like, rel- and that way I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to make any decisions. I just I'm just gonna outsource all of my fashion trust to my teenage daughter, and it, for the most part, it's worked out.
1: Yeah, well, I've I have a teenage daughter and an almost teenage daughter, so there is no money left over for my wardrobe. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> what do you do? Because you, you, you know. I'm guessing you you rely on your lovely bride.
2: Yeah, yeah, she does the heavy lifting there, nice. and I just say yes. That's a
0: smart see, smart move. You can read more from these geniuses. Go to fullfunds.com, sign up for declarations. It's the free monthly newsletter. Great stuff every month from fullfunds.com. Just uh, go there, put in your email address, check it out. Charlie Travers, Bill Barker, thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So no buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.